Good morning, and peace be with you. Um, we are, have announcements this morning, and Lee is going to do that for us. I, saw, I think that's right. And, but before he gets up there, so that I want to just uh, remind you and let you know that out on the narthex are um, the devotions that we're using for our Advent uh, time together on Tuesdays. And so feel free to grab one of these. Um, we'd love to have you come on Tuesdays to uh, have a, a bite to eat with us and fellowship and to study the week's devotions that are written by Chad Bird. Um, but if you're not able to make that, do please grab one of those that are out there on the table. That would be wonderful. Also got a uh, card from uh, uh, Pastor Chris's wife, Alice. And we, if you will remember, uh, put together two months of um, offerings for uh, her to get a uh, dog that will help her with her seizures. Uh, how it helps is it's the dog has like a, a button pushing uh, deal on its collar that'll alert Chris that um, uh, she's had a seizure. And also this dog will be trained to be able to tell and alert her before she has a seizure. So, the <coughs> excuse me, these dogs are very, very expensive, and um, out of the generosity of, of you all, um, she is closer to attaining the amount of money in order to get the dog uh, into her hands. She wrote us a note. It says, thank you so much for your donations to my little angel service dog uh, fundraiser. I am so touched. So grateful, and each don donation like yours brings me closer to greater independence, safety, confidence, and a better quality of life. With love and sincerity, Alice. And then she writes, his grace is sufficient. So I wanted to share that with you. It's a cute little card, got little puppies on it and so forth. So I'll put this in the back and you can take a look at it. There's a breakdown of what each amount of money, um, what it pays for. And it's just, it's really nice. So without further ado, Lee, would you come up and, and uh, finish this off? Good morning. It is nice morning. Nicer than it was supposed to be this morning, isn't it? Anyway, as far as the amount announcements, uh, a lot of the usuals, of course, with a few seasonal things, but uh, the missions did change this month for uh, financial support. We did the Chosen People Ministries. Uh, their ministry is dedicated to bringing the hope of, of the Jesus to the Jewish people around the world. Uh, sit and fit be fit, Tuesday, of course. Uh, be here at 10 o'clock in the morning if you want to have some exercise. It's open to everybody, and it's good for uh, the more mature people among us. Uh, also, the Bible study is Advent, as, uh, as we know at this time. Uh, there will be food, a light lunch served before the study. Again, it's at uh, noon on Tuesday. Uh, prayer meeting will be on Wednesday at 11 o'clock to pray for the needs of the church and for each other. Everybody's welcome to come. Uh, so hopefully you can attend that. Uh, it's the second Thursday of the month already. <laughs> <Where did it? laughs> Anybody notice that the year went by really, really quickly? Uh, I did. 
Uh, anyway, the naughty ones will be meeting this Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning in the fellowship hall to do whatever crafts you like to do uh, within reason. Uh, men's Bible study is Saturday morning in the pastor's office. It's at uh, 8 o'clock, and as an enticement, uh, donuts will be served. So uh, it's uh, just an extra encouragement. You're probably going to come anyway, but just in case, like I said, extra enticement. You don't have to take time for breakfast first. Um, the RLC, our council meeting, is this coming Saturday. It's at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, everybody can come. It's not just for the council. Anybody who just wants to see what's going on with the church, it's an open meeting. So please uh, attend Saturday morning at 8, excuse me, 9.30. And then we get to Christmas concert. will be on Saturday, December 10th, which is uh, this Saturday already. Uh, it's at 2.30 in the afternoon. We're going to have cookies and treats. Uh, in the fellowship hall, and then we'll come over here at 3.30 for a piano, organ and piano concert at 3.30. Now, uh, I was told that this means we'll be done by 4.30, so everybody can get home before dark with a little bit of luck, so anyway, don't uh, miss that one. Uh, also, Debbie Bice is looking for additional bakers to make cookies for the Christmas event on December 10th, which is this Saturday. If you can help, give Debbie a call, okay, and let her know, or catch her before you even get out of here this afternoon. Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, Pastor, did I miss anything? Ashley? Get it? All right. Thank you very much. Hope to see you by this week. And please welcome Diane Zinn, who is playing with us again and leading worship. <laughs> and so our first uh, hymn this morning is in the Green Book on page 28, Savior of the Nations.
please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and rest. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up, your, stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds and through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, and this can be found on page 1076 in your pew Bible. This prophecy foretells the coming of Christ, and it was written 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah 11, uh, chapter, chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide but what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. The second reading this morning is uh, Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7. This psalm was written by Solomon, and he's pleading with God to anoint him with wisdom and to act righteously in God's stead throughout his reign. Psalm 72, beginning with the first verse, and we read this responsively. It's printed in your bulletin. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. 
May he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, through all generations. May he be like rain falling on a moonshine, like showers watering the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15, verses 4 through 13, and this can be found on page 1766 in your pew Bible. Here Paul encourages newer Christians to pay attention to Holy Scripture because it instructs believers in the truth of God. Romans chapter 15, beginning with the fourth verse. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from Matthew, chapter 3 verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1499 of your pew Bible. Matthew records, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea 
and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who, has, who was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Now John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children of for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. On this second Sunday of Advent, we are going to discuss what it meant uh, to those that received that bitter welcome, if you will, from John the Baptist when he said, you brood of vipers. So just so you know, that's the audience that he was speaking to. We get to listen in to the conversation. He's not calling you a brood of vipers, okay? Okay. There are uh, several proverbs, several sayings, several words of wisdom that we have come across in our lives that speak about acquiring skill or knowledge through practice. Perhaps you've heard someone say, practice makes perfect, right? Or repetition is the mother of learning. And these things are good as far as they go, but they are incomplete. For example, practice and 
repetition only work if they are the right kind of practice and the right kind of repetition. Perhaps these words of wisdom need an update to something like this. Perfect practice makes perfect. Or proper repetition is the mother of learning. The fact of the matter is this, is that you can create some really wretched habits if you practice or repeat the wrong thing. Whenever we gather information, receive information, it is probably wise to remember another proverb about learning the wrong thing. And that is, if you tell a lie often enough and loud enough, most people will believe it as truth. That was the problem for the Pharisees and the Sadducees who came to John the Baptist at the Jordan. Both the Pharisees and the Sadducees practiced their religions diligently. Both of them intensely studied the books of Moses. Both of them knew their religion very, very well. Now the problem, the problem was that they had repeated the wrong things and practiced in the wrong ways. We've talked about the Pharisees and the Sadducees before. The Pharisees had detuned the law by developing the tradition of the elders. That is a set of principles that allowed them to think that they were keeping the law when they were not. And the Sadducees, well, they detuned the law by teaching that there was no eternal existence, no resurrection, no life after death, and so forth. So if there is no existence after death, then there is no punishment after death. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees often had very spirited debates over their differences. But there is one thing on which they could agree, and that is there is no need for repentance. The Pharisee would say that there is no need for repentance because we can work our way into God's good favor. And the Sadducee would say that we don't need to repent because it doesn't make any difference, that there is no eternal punishment. So why repent? The Pharisees and the Sadducees agreed on something else as well. They put a great deal of pride into their family tree they were descendants of Abraham, and they believed that they already had been grafted into Abraham's covenant through circumcision. And at the root of their problem is the attitude that God loves them just because they're so special. They had 
just come up with some religious and cultural teachings and rituals that reinforced these beliefs. And that attitude of believing that, make, that God loves us just because we are so special is, is really common to all mankind. That means that you and I have to deal with this problem as well. If you were to ask someone why we should take them seriously, he or she might say, well, I have been a member for X number of years. I have served on such and such committees and such and such boards. I have contributed to this and that and the other thing. And besides all of that, my grandfather is a founding member. Now, such a statement might carry a lot of weight if it is someone who is running for public office. It might carry a lot of weight in the Chamber of Commerce. But such a statement means nothing in the presence of God. And therefore, it means nothing within the Holy Christian Church. John the Baptist preached the true attitude that we should have. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, in classical Greek, the word repent, it deals with remorse. The remorse a person has when they realize that they've made a mistake that cannot be undone. A modern example that I can give you, and it's awful, but it, it hits the mark. A modern example would be this, a hunting accident. Someone thought that they were shooting a deer, but it turned out to be a child playing in the woods. Repentance was a profound wish to take back, to turn back the clock, to undo what was done. Repentance was uh, wanting and wishing to have a do-over, even to wish the evil had befallen yourself instead of the other person. There is sadness. There is guilt. There is remorse. And there is despair. Now the tragedy of classical Greek is that it had no concept of a remedy. There is no turning back the clock. There's no undoing what was done. And unlike sports, there are no do-overs in life. What's done is done, and it cannot, it cannot be undone. And when we first hear the call to repent from the mouth of John the Baptist, it doesn't sound like much of a remedy, does it? He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. John the Baptist is telling us that our sins are worse than we think they are. He is telling us that all sins, not just the sins that fill us with remorse, but all sins 
deserve the judgment of being cut down like firewood and tossed into a fire. And the fire that he is speaking of is not just some little campfire. He uh, is talking about the fire of eternal punishment. He is speaking of hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And at first, it seems as though repentance should not only be full of despair, but it should also be full of terror, terror of the eternal punishment that we so truly deserve. And even so, there is hope in in John's words because he proclaims this, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the kingdom of heaven is none other than the reign of Christ. The Christ has been carrying the sins of the world from the womb, but soon the Christ will reveal himself in a public way. Soon the Christ will come and add something profound to the meaning of repentance. He will add a second part to repentance, and that second part will be faith, a faith that looks to God for a remedy from the despair and the terror of our sin. The reign of Christ is unlike any other reign. He does not ask you to serve him, but he comes to serve you. He serves you with the remedy for sin, that is, with with his holy, innocent life that he produced the righteousness that you need for your salvation. And then he lifted the terror, the despair, and the guilt of your sin away from you and from me, and he replaced it with the righteousness that he earned. Luther called that the great exchange. He bore your sin to the cross, and there he embraced the despair, the guilt and the terror of God's wrath against your sin. And it is in his battle for you on the cross that Christ reveals the true essence of his reign and the true essence of the kingdom of heaven. There on the cross, he battled for you. And as he revealed the fullness of his reign with his death on the cross, he continued his reign over all things by rising from the dead. The kingdom of heaven includes the promise of the resurrection from the dead to life everlasting. Christ reigns for you forever. Now, repentance has a new, fuller meaning. It is not just the recognition of your sin along with its sadness and its guilt and its remorse and its despair or even its terror. Instead, it also includes the promise of grace through the gospel. And Christian repentance turns you away. It turns you away from yourself and your sin, and it points you to Jesus 
on the cross. And there you see that the kingdom of heaven is there for your forgiveness. It is there to give you the eternal life and salvation that comes along with that forgiveness. We now repent. We now repent in certainty that there is forgiveness for us in and through Christ Jesus. Advent, Advent is the time of coming. John the Baptist tells us that it is the kingdom of heaven that is coming. He also tells us that repentance is the proper preparation for the coming of the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, Advent is the time of year when we remember that our whole life our whole life is to be a life of repentance that looks to Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God, the world, and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, faithful Lord and Savior, we humbly come before your throne of grace to praise you and thank you for your great love and mercy. Thank you for salvation and thank you for saving us. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for preserving your holy scriptures for all generations. Without your word, Lord, we would be lost. Dear Jesus, thank you for showing us what to do when we face times of trouble, pain, and uncertainty. You prayed to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. And may our hearts be filled with peace knowing that you have everything under control. We are in your loving care, and we put our faith and trust in you. You are our hope and firm foundation. I pray that you would protect us from the enemy that tries to instill stress, fear, doubt, discouragement, and depression into our lives. Help us, dear Lord, not become weary in doing good. Help us to be a light in this dark world and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit to do all that you have called us to do, and may you be glorified. Lord, we pray that you would comfort those who are heartbroken, 
and send your peace to those who mourn and heal those who are sick. Protect us from all harm. Most of all, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come back soon. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy in which he was betrayed, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated.
So we've got the repentance portion taken care of. We uh, have heard those gospel good news that your sins are forgiven. Not for your sake, because you're so nice, but for his sake, because he was perfect, and he was the perfect exchange for you. So we got that all together. I heard you confess your sins. You heard the absolution. Now the supper is ready for all who confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is no just simple meal. It rescues from sin, death, and the devil. And if that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you forward.
God is so good. And gives these little glimpses and smiles and giggles and just refreshing little things. Um, just now, I, uh, my youngest son reminded me and his mother that we are written in God's book of life. We are all written in his book of life in his prayer. And Eldred reminded me of just what it means to be rescued from sin, death, and the devil. She went, Whew. amen. It rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. Whew. Thank you, Jesus, because we couldn't do it ourselves. 
Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now our closing hymn is actually going to be on page 36. And uh, Diane called an audible and I am grateful for it because you will be too if you knew what we were going to try to sing. So <laughs> this is... Uh, this is say uh, no, this is uh, Jordan's Banks, page thirty-six in our green book.